and welcome to the Cheeky Rascals podcast, a podcast dedicated to child development and soothing parent anxieties. This week, I'm talking to Dr. Kieran Rahim. Kieran is an NHS doctor specialising in baby, child and adolescent health. She has worked across many London hospitals and uses her own experience as a mother to three children to work in harmony with patients. Kieran is a passionate advocate for child health, health promotion in BAEM communities and supporting women to pursue higher education and leadership roles, and uses her social media platform to talk about key issues relating to women and child health. She created her educational platform on Instagram to provide easy, evidence-based tips and tricks to help parents on the most important journey of their lives. As a mother, Kieran understands the challenges faced by parents of all backgrounds, in particular, B-A-E-M parents, who are often underrepresented in healthcare. Thank you so much for coming on today, Dr. Kieran. We're so excited to have you talk to us today about all things feeding choices, especially as we are coming up to the autumnal seasons now. It's a change of season. A lot of people start to try a new thing. With that in mind, for a parent, they may decide that they would like to combi feed or supplement breastfeeding with bottle feeding. Mm -hmm. How will a parent know which method of feeding is right for them and their little one? Well, firstly, thank you for having me. I think it's really great that we're having these conversations about infant feeding choices. And I always say to the community that I work with, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to feeding your baby. And what you really have to look at is your family dynamics, the setup, the amount of support you have, you know, even things like finances. Formula is really expensive. And for a lot of families, you know, breastfeeding, um, whilst it may be labor intensive, is definitely the more affordable option. Um, So I think you really do have to think about what your priorities are as a family and what is realistic. And the way I always advise my families to approach feeding their baby is that there's no shame or guilt however you decide to feed. So if you want to bottle feed, that's great. If you want to breastfeed, that's fine as well. And that's, you know, it's something we really encourage. Um, but actually combi feeding, so, you know, giving the breast and then offering um, a bottle top up, it's also acceptable. I think you just have to do what you want. When we go into these autumn and winter months, I always encourage parents um, that actually breastfeeding is really helpful because it contains lots of like antibodies and it contains lots of white cells, which can help fight up infection. So if your baby is sick, then I would say actually, Actually, they may breastfeed more and and that is something we would encourage or you may want to express breast milk and then offer that via a bottle if you want a bit of a break or you want other members of the family uh, to feed the baby. But it's just thinking about what works for you and your family. For certain families, formula is absolutely the right choice and they formula feed and then therefore that's their journey. If you are combi feeding and you want to exclusively now go to breastfeeding, that's fine too. Just have a chat with your midwife or an infant feeding specialist and they can help you. But don't do it alone. Seek some help seek some support and have a chat about your concerns and you will find that there is lots of information hopefully available and hopefully someone will be able to guide you about what the right choice for you and your family is. As you just said there, talking about supporting parents, Mm -hmm. what 
could we do to support parents during their feeding choices, particularly those who decide to breastfeed? I read a study and I will link the study in the description because honestly it was very fascinating and really did open my eyes up to quite a bit actually. And within this study, it directly said that 87.2% of respondents experienced difficulties during breastfeeding with the most common difficulty being feeding complications, which was at uh, 74.1%. These did not necessarily lead to cessation. Other feeding difficulties are outlined in table two. And this table showed that there was other factors such as the mother's mental health and other feeding complications. Mm -hmm. In addition to this, a quick Google search will also show that breastfeeding rates significantly drop um, in the UK after six to eight weeks of a child's birth. So why are so many parents deciding to swap to a bottle feeding so quickly? And how can we then support parents who do decide to breastfeed or do a little bit of both? I think it's, you know, this is a really um, nuanced question. And, you know, the the truth is that in the UK and in many parts of the developed world, we don't support women with their breastfeeding journeys. And I don't think it's something that is discussed as often it ought to be. I mean, the UK has one of the worst sort of breast or chest feeding rates in the developed world. And I think the statistic is, and it may have changed since I last checked a few months ago, that eight out of 10 women stop before they want to. And I think that the want to is the key bit here, isn't it? Because yes, whilst the WHO says that we should really breastfeed our children to two years and beyond um, in the ideal world, it's the want to that for me that we should be supporting women um, in, in breastfeeding as long as they want to. And I think part of that is because there's a lack of investment in maternal health care services and we have seen a decline in funding. Um, which has meant that things like breastfeeding services on postnatal wards and in the community have really taken away. And actually, you know, the research that you cite is is common. You know, women cite problems with latching, feeding difficulties, lack of adequate support, uh, lack of knowledge, and really a lack of support as as some of the reasons where the, why they stop before they want to. And then what this leads to is like a feeling of like grief and anger and often really, really, you know, heightened sadness because they didn't get to feed the babies how they planned to or wanted to. And importantly, they didn't sort of receive um, the support they wanted to. And I think it's really sad that we aren't able to provide that support for women. And, you know, things like sore and painful nipples or insufficient milk supply, these are all very real issues that postnatal women are going through. And I think the for me, there's also this idea that women aren't really prepared for the physical and emotional challenges that come with sort of early breastfeeding. And because they have to learn the hard way, then there's a lack of time and then there's a lack of support. They do then go to formula or they do go um, and decide that it's not for them because the trauma of continuing with something that's so hard can often often be too much for them. So I do think there needs to be funding. I think we need to hold the government and national policy makers accountable rather than blaming women and their families for not breastfeeding, which is, I think, what happens now. And, you know, breastfeeding is sort of marketed as like a one size fits all approach. You know, if you do this, then you'll be able to breastfeed. And actually, nobody is is born knowing how to breastfeed. It's a skill you have to learn. And I think the other thing we have a problem with is that a lot of the data we have looks at white women in the UK. We actually don't have much data on sort of brown or black women. So if you look at other parts of the world, if you look at breastfeeding rates in, say, South Asia or Africa, 
they're really high. They're like 97, 98% at six months and one year. And that's because the societal attitudes towards breastfeeding in those countries plays a huge role. So in Africa, the breasts are seen as like a biological organ. Like, So their function is to feed babies. And I think in the UK, we have over-sexualized the breast. And this has led to sort of detrimental attitudes towards breastfeeding, both amongst women and in the wider society. So you will often see quite derogatory terms. Oh, you know, put those things away, do that in private. And, and this adds to this feeling of like embarrassment about feeding a baby, which is quite like a beautiful and biological thing that we should all be we should all be doing and lots of research has shown that you know this embarrassment and stigma that is associated with breastfeeding is one of the reasons that women stop before they want to or or revert to bottle feeding and um, there's also acculturation in the UK so especially from women from black and ethnic minorities you know with lower rates of acculturation being associated with higher rates of breastfeeding and vice versa. So what that means is that women that have come from different parts of the world and have settled here, they have then become so cultured into the British way of viewing breastfeeding that they no longer have that mentality that they would have had if they lived in, say, Africa or Asia, where breastfeeding is seen as the right of the infant or the best thing for the infant. So I think it's a, it's a very nuanced answer um, that has a lot behind it, a lack of support, a lack of funding, and so many things. And really what I always say is that we should really be supporting women in whatever choice they make. But importantly, we should be helping them make an informed choice. And that means going through what breastfeeding is, the benefits, the struggles, and really supporting women, particularly in those first couple of weeks where it's really hard. And I say this as a woman who's breastfed all of my babies. It is awful those first couple of weeks and and it really takes a lot of effort and the only reason I think so many women are able to or some women are able to is because they are lucky enough to have the support around them and the education around them and that isn't the truth for I think the vast majority of the women in the UK. I completely agree I actually when you spoke there about the stigma about how women feel actually within society and breastfeeding within society I actually um had a call with my mum and she's happy for me to share this I did ask I wasn't breastfed I was formula fed and the reason for that was because she didn't feel comfortable doing it in public for her it did almost feel like well I'm not going to I'm not going to breastfeed because I need to do this in public where I will be spending a lot of my time and you know that she maybe didn't feel informed as well and so I do think that we really do as you said need to be putting more funding and education and awareness into these topics so that women do feel comfortable enough and just creating safe spaces. Absolutely and I think this stigma that is associated with breastfeeding in public it really is one of the reasons that a lot of women don't or they'll confine themselves to to being indoors and then that obviously has an impact on their mental health and other and other issues but we have over-sexualized breasts in the UK and I and we have completely forgotten that they are there for a biological function to feed babies. Historically, that's what breasts have been used for. If you look at the research, lots of women will will cite stigma and and negative attitudes towards breastfeeding in public as a reason why they stop. So there's a lot of misconception that you should only feed for six weeks or whatever, but actually 
breastfeeding is beneficial as long as it continues. And I say this as someone who's currently feeding a, you know, an almost two-year-old toddler. Even I, who I mean, I'm a medic, I am a pediatrician, I am often met with really bizarre attitudes like, you know, oh, when are you going to stop? Do you not think that it's time that, you know, she moved on to cow's milk? And, and I always say human milk for human babies is better than any other milk because it's designed for, you know, it's designed for them, it's tailored to them. And we really have a long way to go about reducing the stigma that goes with breastfeeding. And that means that we have positive messages, we have positive imagery in our media, we celebrate women that are breastfeeding in public. And actually, as you said, you know, we create safe spaces. So department stores, um, you know, shopping malls, supermarkets, they should all think about these things. And it can be really just as simple as having a chair in a quiet corner where someone can sit down and feed. You know, I know so many women that have fed their babies in the toilet when they're out and about. Would you eat your lunch in a toilet? No. So why are we forcing newborns to or toddlers to? It's it's unhygienic and it's so derogatory. And I really celebrate businesses that go out of their way to support breastfeeding mothers. You know, I've been to cafes where I've, and I proudly breastfeed my daughter and I proudly breastfed all of my um, children out in public. And when you sit down and they'll bring you a water, glass of water without you even asking, that is the sort of breastfeeding support we need. And that is the village we need, you know. And I'm a huge advocate for women checking in on one another. So whenever I have a friend who is having a baby, it's about talking to them about the realities of breastfeeding. How oh, this is what you can ex- accept, expect, sorry. And if you want to breastfeed in public, here are my top tips. This is how you approach it. And sharing that knowledge because it really does take a village to raise a child. And a I think part of the problem in the UK is that we've become so insular. We've lost that village. We've lost that support. And we've lost that sense of community. We've talked about breastfeeding. But Mm -hmm. then women who do decide to formula feed, Mm -hmm. women can also then feel guilt about that. So Absolutely. Where do we then stand? Because, you know, I'm not a mother. But then if I was, I... You know, we've all heard the saying breast is best, but sometimes mm-hmm. for, you know, maybe medical reasons or as you said, like latching reasons, some women mm-hmm. might not be able to then breastfeed. So then where do we where do we stand? Absolutely. And I think where we stand is that we support the choice the woman makes about how she chooses to feed her baby. And we support that without shame. We support that without guilt. And that's it. You know, it's really unfortunate because even a lot of the formula fed babies or the formula feeding mothers, whenever I speak to them, they have all tried breastfeeding and failed. So the first part of that is if they, if this is a journey that they have grief about then supporting them in that grief because a lot of them will carry what we call breastfeeding grief and that's that inability to feed because either a medical issue or because they weren't supported enough. So it's about actually empowering them that whether they breast or bottle feed their baby, as long as their baby is being nourished and hydrating and getting the energies, they are going to grow up to be healthy. I don't know whether you are breastfed or bottle fed. I mean, I do now because you've shared it, but actually I don't walk around the street knowing, oh, that man looks like he was breastfed, that woman clearly was formula fed. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you are there for your baby and providing them with nutrients. Yes, breast milk is definitely the better of the two, but the formula isn't the devil's milk. It's a completely appropriate substitute um, that a lot of women use and that's 
fine. There's no shame in that, but we should be supporting women with whatever journey they take towards feeding. And part of that is providing psychological support for this breastfeeding grief that a lot of them have, and then also giving them advice about how to bottle feed appropriately. And I really dislike the phrase breast is best because it isn't. And I also really hate the phrase fed is best because fed is the bare minimum. All babies need to be fed. So it's absolutely the bare minimum. What really is that this is about, this debate is about informed is best. So all parents should be informed about the choices between breast, uh, breastfeeding or chest feeding and formula feeding and then supported is best. So supported in making an informed decision whether they're going to proceed one way or the other. And that means educating them about the benefits of breast milk, but also educating them about the difficulties that come with breastfeeding and the difficulties that come with formula feeding because, you know, it is a balance and you have to weigh weigh that scale and see what works for you and your family. And there are babies that can't breastfeed and there are women that can't breastfeed. They may have medical issues. You know, they may not have breasts. They may have had cancer. They may have had so many things. We don't know each individual circumstances. The baby may be allergic to cow's milk protein and that means that the mum has to go then on a dairy-free diet and if she wants to breastfeed, which is really hard and so may not want to. And that's okay. Like we have to support support women in making the choice that works for them. And breastfeeding isn't the right choice for everyone. I wish it was, but it isn't. And that's fine. And we should celebrate that. We should celebrate every baby's journey. Whether your baby's breastfed or bottle fed, that baby will be loved. That baby will form a bond with you. That baby will form hopefully a positive attachment with you. And we should be focusing on those things rather than this sort of camp of, oh, did you bottle feed or did you breastfeed? Because it polarizes women. It puts them into one camp or the other and it gets rid of that village it completely destroys it, doesn't it? And that's not what we want. We want unity. You know, whether we cloth nappy, whether we do reusables, whether we use breast milk, whether we use bottom milk, it's about uniting on common ground. And that common ground is that we all want what's best for our baby. I completely agree. And as you said there, um, informed is best. So are there any resources that you would personally recommend that might be from personal experience that you found helpful or that you refer people to? Absolutely. So I think there are lots of things that you can access. So I think, first of all, if you are thinking about getting pregnant or you are pregnant, having those chats early about how you want to breastfeed is or to bottle feed is really important. So making that decision and then actually learning about it, because I think the part of the problem is that nobody talks about these things and then you're left with the baby at two o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh my God, this is really hard. So before we get there, we need to have conversations in pregnancy regarding bottle and and um, breastfeeding. And you can do that with your midwife. You can ask to speak to the infant feeding midwife or you can see a lactation consultant. There, there are so many um, resources available here in the UK. So you've got your National Breastfeeding Helpline. You've got the Association of Breastfeeding Mothers. You've got you've got La Leche League. And then you've got your NCT, so your National Childbirth Trust, which usually has breast breastfeeding volunteers as part of that. And then you also have the Breastfeeding Network, um, which I already had mentioned. They have a language line in different um, languages. So you can get the you can get the help and support that you need, but these aren't readily highlighted. And, you know, we all, I always say to parents, like a lot of, especially my, my girlfriends or my family friends that are getting pregnant, that we all have baby showers and we all have like 
some some way of celebrating baby's arrival. And I always say, instead of asking for things, ask for a, a session with a lactation consultant if breastfeeding is the way that you want to feed your baby, because these things all help. And um, you can also check out the IBCLC, so you, that that will help you find a lactation consultant near you. And they are so trained, and I have learned so much from lactation consultants in my career. But they are the absolute best people if women are wanting to breastfeed. So getting in touch with them early, things about things like colostrum harvesting, all of these things can help support your journey. But we don't talk about them enough, I think. And we certainly don't incorporate them into the prenatal pathways. And we really should. We talked there about the resources that you can use to prepare before getting pregnant or once you are pregnant or even after what are the actual steps then to feeding a baby and how do they differ depending whether you breastfeed or bottle feed do those steps then affect whether a person decides to breast or bottle feed i mean to be honest um I think they have a lot, there's a lot of commonality between whether you decide to breast or bottle feed. And I think when you are pregnant and when you are thinking about starting a family, the first step for either of that decision has to be research and educating yourself. So looking into bottle feeding versus formula feeding, looking at the difference between formula milk and breast milk and understanding what they are, looking at the pros and cons of each, and then actually making a decision either way. And I think, I and I, and I say this to all women, flexibility in that choice is key. So just because you start off breastfeeding or you start off formula feeding doesn't mean you can't do both as long as you think about it. So thinking about what you want to do and having a plan of action is really important. Obviously, if you choose to formula feed, there are additional steps. So you need to think about bottles, you need to think about nipples and teats and their flow rates, you need to think about sterilization, you need to think about storage, you need to think about the numbers you will need. So these are all things that you will also need. And then you need to look into things like paste bottle feeding or responsive bottle feeding, different feeding positions, um, you know, left lying, for example, left lying elevated can sometimes help with bottle feeding. So you need to do your research. And that's the same if you breastfeed. Now, if you're wanting to breastfeed, you look into the pros and cons of it. You look into how hard it is, the kind of support you might need, whether you who your local infant feeding midwife is or your infant feeding network is or you, who you're, if you have access to a lactation consultant, then you may also need to think about, well, actually, do I want to maybe do combi feeding? Do I want to express breast milk and I always think you know see how your journey goes and have the flexibility to change and ask for support depending on how your baby goes because we all think we're going to have an a b c d approach to pregnancy or having a baby and it's not linear it's up and down and things change and you have to be really flexible with that and so even with your feeding choice you need to be flexible and whether you choose to breast or bottle feed I think the most important thing is that you do your research around both you prepare for it and and then you ask questions from the professionals that can help you and then when it comes to making that decision being flexible that actually this is like you know I want to breastfeed but I may not be able to and this is a support I will need and these are the things I will or that I've made my decision that I'm going to formula feed and I'm going to let all the professionals know that this is my choice and I would like for them to support me in that choice. I think basically the main takeaway from this podcast episode is that it is your choice ultimately and you know there are certain factors that will go into it you know we do need to really support women within that choice and people who are feeding so you quickly touched on sterilization there Mm -hmm. how important is it to sterilize baby bottles 
Oh, absolutely. So if you are, particularly if you are uh, formula feeding, it's really important that you sterilize all of your baby's feeding equipment. So when you do your research, you will find that it's not just the bottle, it's the teats, it's the brush that you clean with. Um, and that's because it stops them getting sick. So um, formula isn't sterile. So you make it in a certain way to make things, make it safe for your baby. That's why we use boiling water. And then we advise you cleaning it, um, cleaning the equipment with warm soapy water and then using a sterilization method now there's lots of different sterilization methods you can use cold water sterilization steam sterilization boiling i used i um express breast milk so i've always given my children a bottle from very sort of early age and i used to use these self-sterilizing bottles that you popped a little bit of water in and you pop them in the microwave and in the microwave um the steam would sterilize them so you just need to find whatever works for you and then importantly follow the instructions of the thing that you've chosen whether that's steam or cold water or sterilizing solution. And that's the most important thing because it stops your baby getting sick. Finally, do you have any general top tips for feeding? The first thing is um, ask for support early on. We aren't designed as humans to live in silos. We are designed for humans to, and we need other humans to ask for support where, whether you're breastfeeding or formula feeding speak to people go and see what's on the market I really advise like booking you can get like these n- nursery appointments and you can go in and have a look at baby bottles and sterilization equipments but honestly ask for support the second thing is that if you are wanting to breastfeed prepare for it in your pregnancy because nothing will come as a shock as how hard it is than not being prepared for it so if you are pregnant speak to your friends about it what worked for them what were their challenges then speak to an infant feeding midwife or a lactation consultant early to see how you can get started on your breastfeeding journey the first two to three weeks are so important in how you're going to be able to breastfeed thirdly if you have got grief associated with sort of the choice that you made so you know I know a lot of women have breastfeeding grief then please speak to someone about it we can help you process those feelings and it is not a failure of you it's a failure of a system that has failed you and I think that's really important that you show and extend yourself kindness and humanity we're all trying to do the best for our baby Um, and sometimes that can get lost in this sort of battle of how you choose to feed your baby and remember in 20-30 years time no one will care whether your baby was breastfed or bottle fed what's far more important is that they have a healthy secure attachment with their primary caregivers thank you so much for talking to me today i hope you've had a really good time talking about all things feeding choices I really have. Thank you so much for having me. Um, And if anyone has any questions about anything I've said or they want to ask me about the resources that I've mentioned, they can get in touch with me via either my Instagram or my YouTube channel. Perfect. And they will also be linked in our description. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for dedicating some of your free time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this episode don't forget to give us a follow and a five star review it would really mean a lot also don't forget to check our description box where you'll be able to find links to all our social media the social media of guests our website and links to any studies that you may find useful or that were mentioned within this episode from all the team at cheeky rascals have a great day